Welcome to Punches and Punchlines, where we break down the best in boxing with a sense of humor. And now, your hosts, Fritz and Franco. Welcome back, everyone, to this week's edition of Punches and Punchlines. Thank you sincerely for joining us again we certainly appreciate it there was a very fun weekend of boxing saturday i actually had to set my alarm on saturday morning and uh like a kid on christmas i woke up before that alarm even went off franco uh (laughs) it was set for a seven o'clock start time here in chicago and i was up and out of bed by 6 a.m ran and got a coffee uh, parked my ass on the couch and was there in time for the for the ring walk for my guy, our guy, Triple G, returned to the ring. Then there was just boxing on all the rest of the day. So uh, let's get into that, Franco. Saturday was incredible. Yeah, it was a ridiculous amount of boxing, uh, but it was also on a million different channels and in a million different cities. So let's go on ahead and hit the main ones, and then we'll jump into the rest on playing boxing. So let's go on ahead and get into it. Ryan Garcia, 23 years old, coming in at 21 and 0 versus... Emmanuel Tego, 33 years old, coming in at 32 and 1. Now, Emmanuel's only loss came in his first fight, okay? He got knocked out in his first fight and then won 32 straight. So the guy comes in uh, with a decent record, but when you look at some of the guys that he fought over there in Ghana, 10 of those 32 wins came against guys that had zero victories to their name, whether it be a debut I think there was like an 0-16 mixed in there too. But still, 32 wins, definitely a veteran. I wanted to see what he had. I can't say that I love this fight, Franco. No. I, I am a fan of Ryan Garcia, but he seemed to think that, all right, I'm going to try this knockout punch. Oh, that that didn't work. How about I try this knockout punch, you know, and just was not really landing combinations, was just kind of a one-trick pony yeah. where all we heard in the buildup to this was his return after some health issues. And I was happy to see him back in the ring and feeling better. But we heard that there was going to be some new wrinkles brought on by Joe Goosen. Maybe those wrinkles were in his ring robe, you know, like maybe the robe he wore had a new wrinkle in it or something like that, because I saw no changes to his game. You know, he got, he scored that knockdown in the second round. After that knockdown, this fight kind of felt like a sitcom, you know, where you want the two main characters to get together and you're always like on the edge of your seat like oh are they going to get together that's how i felt like waiting for this knockout it was also like a sitcom by the end of it you don't even care anymore you're just like all right they're still playing this gig you know like i don't even give a shit anymore whether sam and diane get together i'm already done with it (laughs) that is not where i thought i thought you were making a friends ross and rachel reference and i was about to say that's how garbage this fight was that you're making a friends reference and then uh you went cheers I went old school on you. Yeah. Cause the thing with friends, <laughs> they got together and then broke up and then got together and broke up. That was every, every three episodes, somebody was breaking up or getting back together. Uh, a lot of those people were just banging a lot and, uh, <laughs> you know, kudos to them for it. This was 2002. I would tell you to turn in your man card, but it's not, it's 2022. And, uh, your references on point 
with everything. Yeah, this was a garbage fight. It was so boring, especially because I saw it after everything else. And the other fights were so good and so entertaining. It was great to see Triple G. It was, you know, most of the fights that I saw over the weekend were really good fights. And with this one, I was expecting to see the return of King Ryan after 15 months off of him having surgery on his hand and after him having mental health issues and dodging guys who were fairly big names like Fortuna and uh, who was it? Diaz Jr. was the other one, right? Well, Diaz Jr. stepped up and took his fight that he had against shit. I can't even remember now. Yeah. Either way, it didn't happen. Yeah. If your health's not right, you can't get in the ring. You know what I mean? This was when he thought he was ready to come back. So I'm, I'm happy that, you know, he took his time and made it back. You know, he's 23. There's not a huge rush. Yeah. You know, he's got 10 years at least left in his prime. This was just not a prime performance. This yeah. was a guy coming back off of 15 months. So maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was just ring rust and, maybe. Yeah. you know, a new trainer, all those things lead it up to kind of a, a boring performance. But it was also, you know, Tego was not really engaging. He was like running laps around the, the square circle. Yeah. Where let's just say this. Not my favorite fight of of the weekend. Not even my favorite fight of that card, but it was the main event. And I was happy to see Ryan Garcia at least back in the ring. And hopefully there's better things in his next outing. I'm I'm hoping for better from him, but this wasn't it. And to be honest, I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt when he was out for his uh, little extended stay. But then he started running his mouth about other fighters on social media. And it's like, that's when I lost him. That's when it's like, all right, either put up or shut up. And he put up and... It, it wasn't that great of a performance. Tago was, like you said, running around the ring. He was dodging everything. And so that's up to Ryan Garcia to be able to cut off the ring. And had he been doing a good fight, you know, if he would have been in the right state of mind and and had he grown, had he changed because of his trainer with Goosen taking over the reins after Eddie Reynoso kicked him to the curb, then, you know, maybe I would have been impressed. But instead... It's the same Ryan Garcia where he's looking for the knockout punch and that's it. And he even admitted afterwards, he's like, tried to put on a show. I was going for the knockout. And it's like, no, that's that's not what you had to do in this fight. And so, you know, am I looking forward to seeing more Ryan Garcia? Yes. Am I a fan of Ryan Garcia? That's still to be determined. I was, and then he lost me and I'm waiting for him to win me back. I'm hoping he wins me back, but we shall see. It's, it's still out until then. He's still trash to me. Yeah, this is uh, a new wrinkle to that sitcom where Will Franco and Ryan Garcia get back together. Tune in <laughs> next week and we'll see. Sebastian Fundura, 24 years old, coming in at 18-0-1 versus Erickson Lubin, 26 years old, coming in at 24-1. and now, Lubin's only defeat came to Jermel Charlo uh, when he went to go fight for Jermel's belt, and he's snapped off six wins since then. Erickson Lubin is a legit fighter, and in that, this was the biggest test that I've seen Vendura have, where a couple of the cards that we watched him fight on, where we kind of became fans of Sebastian Vendura, were like, oh, it's, it kind of was almost like a novelty, where you're like, all right, he's fun to watch, yeah, but... Is it because he's facing lower opposition? You know, he's just so tall for a 154-pound division. Like, there was a certain amount of novelty to him. Freak show. He sh- yeah, he showed <laughs> in this fight 
that he's got, you know, some stake to go with the sizzle because, dude, when that uppercut landed in the second round, Lubin just hit the deck like somebody had just dropped bricks off of like a fourth story window, you know, like <laughs> it, he hit hard, man. And kudos to him for getting back up. And then at no point was Lubin out of this fight so much so that actually when the corner called it, Lubin was up on two of the three scorecards. All right. He was up 85, 84 on two scorecards the other judge had an 85 85 so this was a close fight for anybody who did not watch this this was a super close fight lubin actually put fandora down in the seventh round yeah fandora after the fight said that he intentionally took a knee and it did look like he was telling the truth you know he was getting rocked and he said like hey i could buy myself eight seconds by just taking a knee instead of getting my head knocked off into the third row yeah that's a good idea and kudos to him for having that wherewithal to mm-hmm. do it and like the best part of this was lubin is a tough dude was throwing so many punches and landing really hard but fundora was just landing his uppercut at will yeah. and by the time the corner called it i was i was happy that they did because like lubin's face looked like he was allergic to bees and got stung by like uh, a thousand murder hornets you know like he looks so puffed up yeah and i i sincerely Hope that he's okay. Yeah, me too. This I had actually written down as a fight of the year candidate. Now, last week when we were doing playing boxing and we talked about what fights were coming up, I kind of tongue in cheek said, oh, and don't forget, Sebastian Fundora puts the fun in Fundora. And, you know, because there's bigger names. It's Triple G. It's Ryan Garcia. It's Michaela Mayer. And then Sebastian Fundora, the towering inferno, the freak show who's six six and weighs like 83 pounds dripping wet. Like it's, you know, a kind of, it was a jokey thing before, but in his last fight, he was taking some serious shots to his chin and he absorbed them. And then in this one, he was getting rocked really badly to the point where I didn't know where this fight was going. Now at the beginning of the fight, I thought this was going to be just a quick it's done because of how you said the way that Lubin ended up going down. He went down in a heap and it was after eating maybe a dozen uppercuts like he was eating them like the way I eat beignets at Chuck's when they have their all you can eat buffet where he was just one after the other and none of them were healthy. And then somehow in the third round, he, he found something deep within him and Lubin started coming back and it was it was a lot of fun. Now, also just went throughout. Uh, I felt like Mauro Vernalo was in the room with me while I was watching because something would happen. And then I would write down, oh, he's serving up a buffet of uppercuts. And then Mauro Ronaldo would be like, he's serving up a buffet of uppercuts. And it was every dumb thing that I wrote down. He, I was like, so much action, so much fun. And then he's like, what a fun fight. There's so much action. And I was like, eh, this is getting creepy. Like, yeah. Mauro Ronaldo, get out of my head. But He's got your Alexa. Uh, yeah <laughs> where he's like alexa drop in on franco i want to hear what he's got to say yeah i'm like why is the alexa changing colors over there nothing's happening nobody talked to her but it was it was such a good fight and at the end of it i was glad that fundora won because i had put money on him so i was very excited and then it turns out i accidentally bet a parlay with stupid ryan garcia who was supposed to get a knockout so my bet did not come through because Ryan Garcia did not come through for me. Maybe another reason why I don't like him. Fandora did come through for me. So even though my bet didn't cash out, I will be throwing money on him again next time because I'm such a fan. Michaela Mayer, 31 years old, coming in at 16 and 0 versus Jennifer Hahn, 38 years old, coming in at 18, 4 and 1. Now, in Hahn's last fight, 
she came off of a, a one-sided loss to Katie Taylor. All right. So she drops down uh, a weight class and then comes in for a one-sided loss to Michaela Mayer. Michaela Mayer, for anybody who's not watched one of her fights yet, go on your ESPN app and watch the fights. She has just a solid, solid game. There's no holes in her game. If I could say one thing, I would say if she could have a little more power, I'd love it. But that's me searching for something. You know what I mean? Like at no point when I'm watching her fights, am I like, oh, she should do this. She should do that. I just sit back and enjoy because she really is just a well-rounded, completely skilled boxer and just a joy to watch. If you are going to introduce yourself to Michaela Mayer, watch her last fight against uh, Maeva Hamadouche, which was one of my favorite fights of all 2021. Absolutely action-packed. She showed different parts of her game where she was actually able to land off of her back foot and just incredible. And this fight was absolutely incredible too. Not to go too far into the past, just this Saturday, she looked wonderful. Jennifer Hahn, is skilled, but you could see the skill has diminished over the years. She's not at the same level as Michaela Mayer is anymore. She's definitely got the heart. She got her nose broken early and it didn't yeah. slow her down one bit. I would watch another Jennifer Hahn fight again. Uh, just this is not her level of competition anymore. Michaela Mayer is literally one of the best pound for pound female boxers on planet Earth. She, there's just no other way to put it. Yeah. And, you know, I will say Jennifer Hahn, one of the strongest chins I've seen, because after I think it was when she got her nose broken. What was that? Like the was that the fourth round? Third yeah, round? I want to say the there? fourth. Yeah. All of a sudden she had a blood mustache going across her face where at first it's like, haha, she has a mustache. And it's like, Oh, God, she has blood splattered all over her face. Please, somebody clean this up. Uh, my mom and I want to say my wife were in the room when we when this fight was going on. And actually, it was my mom who said, she goes, is AIDS not a thing anymore? Don't they just wipe up the blood? Why aren't they stopping it to clean? I'm like, no, you have to wait for the round to end, mom. She's like, somebody really <laughs> needs to wipe that blood off of her face. There's diseases out there. You know, I'm like, no, that's not how boxing works, mom. But she wasn't getting knocked down. And it looked like at any point, Michaela Mayer was going to get at least the knockdown. And then it wasn't happening. It was she was staying up on her feet and just absorbing ridiculous amounts of punishment. And, you know, you hit the nail on the head. Michaela Mayer looks great. She's a great boxer. She's got speed. She's got amazing footwork. She's able to move her head well. She's got great defense. She's got a chin on her. She took a couple of really hard shots and Absolutely. didn't go down. You know, it's it's great. I agree with the power where it's like I was waiting for that knockout. I was waiting for that Clarissa Shields, for that Amanda Serrano, just boom, to get lowered. And then it, it didn't happen. So I was I was waiting for it. It didn't happen. But she's still phenomenal. And I love watching Michaela Mayer fight. It's super entertaining. You know, Jennifer Hahn, I think she's a good person for up and coming people to just put her out there and for them to prove their metal, to prove what they've got because they're not going to knock her out easily. So yeah, I'd, I'd love to see her go out there again. 38 years old. She's still got, got a couple more miles in the old gas tank, you know, maybe roll her out there for another two, three years and, and we'll see what she can do. Gennady Golovkin, 40 years old, coming in at 41, one and one versus Ryota Murata, 36 years old, coming in at 16 and two. Now, right from the get-go, here, I'll even make the disclaimer right up front. I'm a huge Triple G fan, probably my favorite boxer on planet Earth. So that's why I had my alarm set and I woke up way before the alarm even went off. So many, I don't even know how long he was out of the ring. Was that another 15 months? Like he was out of the ring for a long time. 
Miranda was out for 28 months, though, to be fair. Yeah. And I, I was not sure how either one of these dudes would look because the last I had seen uh, Murata was when he got his belt back from Rob Brandt. So, I mean, I've seen Murata at his best and I'd say this in rounds like three and four, he was at his best. I thought Triple G in the first round came out and, you know, set a good pace, was working his jab. You know, it looked like the, uh, the Triple G we're used to seeing where he was on his front foot and he was moving forward and just trying to set the pace. But uh, Murata was not having that. Whether it be the the third or the fourth, Murata was coming forward and giving it his best shot. Just turned out to not be enough. Because even the, the rounds that I gave to Murata, I wouldn't say that he blew Triple G out. He just did better in that round, where Triple G was still landing some incredible shots. Where I was like, all right, that, you might not have won this round, but he's still going to feel that in the next couple rounds. So then when that, I'd say from like the sixth round on, you know, like I, I think on my scorecard, I gave it three, four, five to uh, Murata. And then in that sixth, when Murata got his mouthpiece knocked out, yeah, <laughs> that was the beginning of the end. Like, sure, it's easy to say that now that we we watched it end a few few rounds later. But it really his output went down after that shot to the face. His his defense started lacking and Triple G just started to tee off on him. It was a wonderful welcome back for one of boxing's best. I was all ready to complain about the early start time because it was crazy early and I was laying in bed and I woke up. Cats were already pestering me. I had to come down and feed them. And then it, it like it came back to me. Oh, my God, the fight is on. And I'm up early enough, even though it's a Saturday morning. So I got all excited and it felt very much like being a little kid on Saturday morning and like Smurfs and gummy bears and all of that stuff is coming on. And I rushed to the TV and I turned it on to see if I had missed it. And I hadn't. And I was so excited. And it was a great fight. It was a lot more entertaining that I thought it was going to be. I thought that we were going to see, you know, primetime Triple G just murder Murata and while he's still the Triple G, he's still the big drama show. It took him a little bit to get there. And in those third, fourth, fifth rounds, especially in the third, there was one body shot that Triple G took a, a shot to the side and you saw him visibly wince where he was like, oh, no me gusta, even though he's yeah. not Mexican. But he still he was like, oh, no me gusta. And he made that like face and everything like he just sucked on a lemon. And you at first I was like, oh, he hurt him. And then I was like, oh, no he knocked the wind out of him. Like he just wasn't breathing for a little bit there. And when the round finally ended and he got back to his corner, Triple G sits down on the stool and you just heard (gasps) like him taking the big deep breath in. It was like, holy cow. He's like legit hurt. Are we going to see the death of Superman here? And then we didn't like Superman came back, you know, just like in the comic, Superman died, had a funeral, was buried. And they're like, oh no, he just took a break between heartbeats for like a year or whatever it was. And then he came back to life. Same thing happened here. Triple G stopped breathing for about 15 minutes and then took a breath. He's like, oh, that's right. Um, the big drama show. Here we go. And then just proceeded to beat the piss out of poor Murata. Launched the mouthpiece out, broke his nose, just slowly broke him down and demolished him. And then he won. It was the Triple G of old. Yeah, this fight, as a big Triple G fan, I'd say this fight was as satisfying as like going out and when you order your steak, it's also brought to you exactly how you envisioned it. When you when you said like medium or, you know, medium rare, like it came out with the exact amount of pink that you wanted on it, not, not a 
1% more, not 1% less. Like it was the perfect steak, but like your sides were cold and uh, <laughs> old, you know, like you just had like old sides that they're like, oh, did you just give me baked beans at a steakhouse? Like <laughs> from, oh, they're still in the can. Okay. Like, I mean, that's, it felt like really, really great. But then also as much as a fan as I am, I, I could still see that there is some chinks in the armor. I still loved it. I'm not even going to focus on what his next fight's supposed to be. Uh, I would love to see him just stay at 160, but that's a topic for another day. I will get into the next fight. He's supposed to fight Canelo, and I can't see that going well for Triple G. Maybe he was playing possum. Maybe it was all a big, the, the big, big drama show, and he was like, oh, no, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beat him, but I'm going to make it look like I was hurt in the middle. So we shall see, but I still do love Triple G, same as you. I just think that this is it. Like we're getting set up for him to just get sacrificed at the altar. And I don't even want to see it. I don't know. Maybe, you know, we'll get into that. We'll cross that bridge when it comes time. Who knows? Maybe Canelo doesn't even win his next fight. You know, God forbid, knock on wood, but we shall see. But Triple G, yeah, my my baked potato definitely still had some dirt on it. It was even a chunk of a worm. They could have at least rinsed it off. But the steak was wonderful. And I'm just going to focus on that for now. They say you can't play boxing and we prove them wrong every week. Here's what happened this weekend. We had a big party where it was going to be all boxing on a bunch of different screens and Franco didn't show up. So uh, Franco's a jerk. We don't yeah. know. Uh. No, nobody likes him. I watch these fights with the crowd, but, uh, you know, I got to have, I got to have my sounding board next to me when I watch him fights. And uh, Franco wasn't there. He, uh, you know, called in sick. Yeah, and, I was puking. Uh, yeah, Nobody well, wants yeah, to puke, puke Well, you you made more room for beer. You should have came on over, <laughs> had some drinks, and uh, made it better. I don't know how much of the undercard you watched. Uh, you mentioned one of the parlays that you watched. I parlayed Gabe Rosado. Uh, so that was my big disappointment. Gabe yeah. Rosado fought uh, Shane Mosley Jr. And here's what I'll say. I've never seen Mosley Jr. look that good, and he did look good. Yeah, he they need to wonderful. test that man. Something okay. was different. I see. I'm not going to say anything like that. I'm just saying he looked <laughs> wonderful that night. And uh, Gabe Rosado, the worst I've seen a fight. Well, outside of the Daniel Jacobs fight where they bored everybody to death. I'm yeah. pretty sure that there's a body count from people watching the Jacobs Rosado fight and literally getting bored to death. Yeah. Kudos to Shane Mosley for fucking up my parlay and, <laughs> uh, you know, proving me wrong there. I thought Marlene Esparza. Oh, yeah. Uh, looked very average in her title defense where it was super close. She kept her belt, but I think if she wants to keep her belt much longer, she's going to need to work a little harder because it was not her best performance. It uh, was a good fight. There was plenty of action throughout that fight, but it was not Marlene's best performance where I will say I was introduced to a new boxer this weekend. She made her pro debut, oh. uh, Virginia Fuchs. She went by Ginny in the ring, but her name is Virginia, F-U-C-H-S. Uh, always got to make sure that you print that one out uh, clearly. She was fantastic, Franco. If you got go on your ESPN app, if you didn't watch her fight, she was making her pro debut uh, against a woman that had a, a you know a couple wins under her belt, but the wins she had were not against Ginny's level of competition. She, I guess, went to the Olympics. I don't know her record over there because I don't really follow uh, Olympic boxing, but she looked goddamn impressive. 
in her pro debut. So if you didn't see uh, Virginia, check her out. I was actually a fan of the Tony Harrison versus Sergio Garcia fight. I don't know if you caught that one at all on Showtime, but uh, Garcia, Spanish, got his uh, got his ass beat for it. It was great. It was uh, it's always wonderful to see uh, the the home country, you know, the the colonizer country get destroyed. I'm always a fan of seeing Spanish people get beat up for, and it went the distance. That was the best part. So you get to see him get beat up for a long period of time, like a good half hour of him just getting his face smashed in. So that was a wonderful fight to catch. I didn't see that, but I did watch both the Maloney brothers fight uh, okay. on the ESPN card. And I'm not convinced that they're two separate people, Franco. They, <laughs> I think they might be the same guy, you know, cause they were separated on the card by like four or five fights. Maybe he had to go back to the, to the locker room, you know, rest up and get ready for the second fight. But uh, uh, allegedly there's two brothers, but I'm not, I'm not certain of it. Did one come out with like glasses and a little fake mustache and a big nose? <laughs> like, nope, totally different guy. Yeah. <laughs> now, what do we have coming up? I know we've got Ugas Next weekend and Errol Spence, Spence, right? Yeah, Spence versus Ugas. That should be a ton of fun. For anybody who's uh, out and about this weekend, I have shows at the Improv, uh, the Chicago Improv. You know where that is, Franco? I it's in do. Schaumburg. I haven't been. There. It's in Schaumburg. Oh, <laughs> that's where the that's where the Chicago Improv is. It's uh, I have not been Schaumburg. To it's about forty minutes west of Chicago. But nobody's going to make plans to go to the Schaumburg Improv. They would uh, travel for the uh, Chicago Improv though. So come check me out. Say hello to uh, myself and Chad Daniels. Will be there. Yeah. If you don't got anything else, Frank, I'm throwing in the towel. Thank you for listening to Punches and Punchlines. Make sure to like, subscribe, and follow. And we'll see you next week when we break down the best in boxing with a sense of humor.